Happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome to C-Click Fix Radio. I'm Paul Bass, welcoming you to another of our weekly looks at what's happening at the grassroots through the lens of the C-Click Fix problem-solving website. Today, we have the pleasure of learning the skinny about Carbondale, Illinois, courtesy of that city's public works manager, Sean E. Henry. C-Click Fix's Caroline Smith and Nadine Herring, meanwhile, are here in the studio with the latest citizen-powered news with Margaret Lee pushing out the social media. And a bill paying aside, Yellow Haven Hospital provided financial support for today's program. Um, so welcome, everybody. Now, what's the latest news, folks, from C-Click Fix in Carbondale? So we have a um, general comments, complaints. Um, it's been acknowledged. It was reported at 501 Cedar View Street. Uh, the reporter was Seadale by choice, which I like a lot. Yeah, and how do you spell Seadale? Uh, just C and then Dale, so short for Carbondale. Oh, okay. Um, oh, it took me a minute there. I thought I meant something <laughs> like, you're going to see what's going on down <laughs> in the Dale. Okay. <laughs> All right, it's been viewed 27 times. Um, let's see. There's a little description field. I think it would be great if the city and park district would get the Tatum Park put back together so that kids in the neighborhood had somewhere to play. I think it would be it would save the city money in the long term to invest in these kids in the short term. Thanks. Okay. Um, and then the response is the assistant city manager hops on, assigns it to the citizen's assistant, and it's been acknowledged by the director of public works. They said, thank you for your comments. The city greatly appreciates your concerns for the youth of our community. Your suggestions will be passed on to the Carbondale Park District for consideration. And then Carbondale by choice hops on and says, thank you all for your responsiveness. We love Carbondale. All right. We love Carbondale. Well, we have the person who wrote back there, Sean E. Henry, the public works chief of Carbondale. How you doing, Mr. Henry? We uh, see you there. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you now. Sorry about that. Thank you so all much right, for no joining problem. us. Thank you so much for joining us on the program. Oh, you're welcome. It's good to be here today. So tell me about this park. So you gave a polite answer to the person saying it. You've started the process. You have requested about whether to use this land as a park. What, what's the real lowdown on this? Do you think this is going to happen? Are people interested? Um, well, you know, in, in Carbondale here, we have, uh, in, in Illinois, park districts are a separate entity. So um, we don't have any control of the parks in Carbondale or are responsible for any of their maintenance. So... Um, what we're doing uh, here is, is just responding to the citizen and making sure that gets into the right hands so that uh, their concerns can be handled by that entity who's responsible for it, which would be the Carbondale Park District. So we're kind of acting as a facilitator here and and uh, passing some things on to other agencies as well as, as using C-Click-Fix to do our own uh, uh, internal stuff and stuff the city's responsible for. Mr. Dan, when you say the Parks Commission is a separate entity, is it a chartered state or federal agency the way housing authorities are or is it a city agency that the mayor appoints the commissioners to they're actually their own taxing body with their own elected board oh, wow. so they are completely separate from us so now i know like for instance in new haven we have a central green that's owned by the self-perpetuating proprietors group they contract with the public works i mean see the parks department in new haven to maintain it I would assume that given that Parkland is smack dab in the middle of your city and you hear from the same constituents, that you do have to coordinate what you do with this parks. Is that accurate? I mean, do you meet with them? Do you? Uh, we, we coordinate some things, but, you know, really, um, they, they kind of uh, march to the beat of their own drum as, as we do us uh, ourselves. But as, 
as you know, two government bodies in the same area, we always coordinate, and we have a very good relationship with the park district, and, and I personally know a lot of the board members there as well. And uh, we're a tight-knit community, so we, we do work together, but uh, neither one of us can kind of you can't dictate. You can't dictate. It's not a re- that's not a relationship if you're dictating. What? How does right, it work right. though to make this a park? The, they don't already. The commission doesn't own that land, correct? Um, this specific land, I don't know. The park district does own some of their properties around the city. Uh, other properties are leased. Uh, but this is not. A, but what's they're saying that this land should be converted to a new use, correct? I'm sorry. The request here is to convert it to a new use, correct? Uh, no, no. The request here is is just to do some improvements to the area. But they say so it could be uh, more of a functioning park. Right, yeah. Th- this is a park uh, somewhat in a, a more depressed neighborhood. And um, so I think it's in need of some maintenance is what, what they're getting at. And what they would like to do is see the city uh, perhaps provide some funding to the park district to help them improve the park is what I think they're they're getting at uh, here in their request. How realistic is that in 2016? Are you going to be coughing up tax money for another government entity? Uh, it, it's not super realistic. Well, we had another <laughs> but, solution here in New Haven. We have another lower-income neighbor called New Hallville where uh-huh. neighbors got together at overgrown parkland that kids could not use in this cul-de-sac they're playing in the street, and they leaned on the parks to do something about it. That We have a parks department that's part of our city, but also, they organized their neighbors to do big park cleanups. So they did a combination of, yes, they would post on C-Click Fix, which is important to get the message out. They would lobby people in power, but unorganized, but also enlist the kids and the adults there to do some cleanup themselves. Do you do, you do any of that in Carbondale? Do you see that as a solution here? You're not going to get Carbondale tax money to the Parks Commission, but do you see perhaps government being a convener with neighbors to, to try to get some citizen power in the mix, too? Like, oh, could, sure. like, can you we, give them gloves? Like our public works department, when the neighbors want to clean up, they bring them gloves and rakes and bags, and they kind of help them out a little bit. Sure, and we actually have um, multiple citizen groups in town. We have another uh, non-for-profit agency that's called Keep Carbondale Beautiful, and they have their own board and stuff, and they get some funding from the city of Carbondale and, and lots of assistance from us. But they're a group who organizes uh, all of our, like, adopt-a-spot locations for, you know, picking up litter and, along the streets or uh, pri- public properties. And so some of those are uh, the parks. You know, Tatum Heights Park is actually on that list. That That park is actually adopted by the Cub Scout troop that I'm a leader in. So oh, you're <laughs> I'm pretty a Cub familiar Scout with it. All right, all right. I, I am that as well, yeah. So you I, like I nature. I wear a lot of hats. Okay. Yeah, so now, yeah. now Public Works isn't just park. Cleanup isn't just parks. Do you do any of that kind of neighbor cleanups we're doing on streets with neighbors? Does your Public Works department do any kind of clean city initiatives like that? Uh, we have a spring cleanup program uh, where, you know, we do refuse and recycling collection in town uh, as well. So... We have an annual spring cleanup program where residents can put out basically anything on the curbside that's that's not a hazardous material, and we'll take that away at no cost. Uh, we uh, have a street sweeping program, uh, which uh, had been on hiatus for a few years but, but, uh, due to some funding uh, issues, but I was able to get that reinstated about a year and a half ago. 
And oh, so we're, we're picking up steam on some of the community uh, cleanup projects. Our uh, city council that we have in now, they've been, uh, this incarnation has been in place for just over a year, and they've been very, very proactive in wanting to clean up and beautify, uh, uh, do some beautification projects around the city. Matter of fact, last night at our city council meeting, they passed a couple new taxes. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> they passed taxes? Yeah, they passed They allow you to tax people in Carbondale without cutting your heads off? Uh, you know, it was it was uh, pretty impressive last night. How there did they, how did you get them to agree to raise taxes in Carbondale? Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, the city council decided that's what they wanted to do, and uh, they put the information out there. And um, what they what they instituted last night is a food and beverage tax. Oh, okay. Which we didn't have. We have a sales tax, but mm-hmm. uh, and your state government allows you to do those kind of taxes. Correct. We're a home rule community uh, okay. in Illinois, so we're allowed to institute our own rules, ordinances, and taxes. How did the uh, restaurant owners react to you wanting this food and beverage tax? Um, there was only one restaurant owner that came out to speak last night, if you can believe that. Uh, wow. You know, this is very different from New Haven. If you say tax, people feel like you're taking away their firstborn child and they come at you with machetes. Well, well, that's what happens when we say property tax around here. Right. But apparently, these taxes they did last night were a little more palatable for people. Palatable uh, beverage taxes. So what did the restaurant owners say? Um, well, the one restaurant owner, um, he actually wasn't uh, concerned about the tax uh, per se. He was concerned about making sure that it's collected from all the entities that provide prepared food. Oh. The way the way the acts the, the way the the uh, ordinance was drafted is it would just be restaurants essentially. Mm-hmm. And as you're probably well aware, you know, places like grocery stores, uh, even convenience stores now make prepared food, you know, whether it's Casey's Pizza or a uh, you know, a, a salad bar at one of the local uh, um, delis or uh-huh. uh, uh, buying some fried chicken, you know, that's already cooked. So his concern was to make sure that everybody who uh, sells prepared food, ready-to-eat food, would be taxed on that and not just uh, the restaurant businesses. And how did it go? Did they amend it? Uh, they didn't amend it last night, but they assured him that they would be bringing that back in a few weeks to take a look at it a little closer. All right, and we're going to bring you back to remind you that you're listening to C-Click Fix Radio on WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio broadcast at 103.5 FM and live streamed at newhavenindependent.org. We're talking, with C- we're talking C-Click Fix Radio news today with Caroline Smith, Nadine Heron, and Margaret Lee of C-Click Fix and Public Works Director Sean E. Henry of Carbondale, Illinois. Nadine Herring, what are the news that we have from the grassroots from Carbondale? So this next issue is about trees and shrubs, um, public property, and it's been archived. And this was What does that mean when we say it's been archived? It's been um, addressed, acknowledged, and closed. Gotcha. So this issue was reported on June 7th by Director of Public Works Guest, and it had to do with a sidewalk obstruction at the handrail, and this was at 1900 to 1904 West Freeman Street. And it looks like the um, issue reporter submitted a picture of a huge overgrown shrub that was completely blocking and obstructing um, a handrail on the sidewalk. 
They said the sidewalk obstruction at the handrail could use painting as well. Poison ivy is on sidewalk and handrail too. Um, that same day that the issue was reported, it was verified by an MES manager and assigned to the forestry division. Again, same day, the forestry di- uh, division added it to the week's trimming list. And again, same day, the issue was taken care of. So the, um, the reporter came back on and said, thank you very much for addressing this issue. And the forestry division submitted a picture of the completed trimming and they did an excellent job. So not only did they address the issue, mm. close it, they also submitted a picture to, to show that the work was done. So there you go. So I'm wondering, are we speaking to the guest? Were you were you guest from Public Works Department, Mr. Henry, who originally posted that item? Uh, I, I reported it as a, yeah. I, so I it's just between us. I, We're not going to tell anybody. I'm just wondering if <laughs> yeah, you're going no, there. No, it, it, it was reported publicly. It, it shows that I was uh, reported. Apparently, I must not have been logged in when I did that first oh, on okay. my phone somehow. But, uh, uh, yeah, I reported that as I was uh, uh, driving around town one morning and came across it. So I pulled over and uh, took a picture. And, and, you know, the beauty of C-Click Fix is, is how you can automatically route things and they get in the hands of the right person essentially instantaneously well that that's very interesting to me actually now we've this come up in our discussions with people in other cities so in the old days if you run a government if you're a mayor you're a public works director you see stuff around town you'd make a note you'd come back you'd call you put in a memo so it sounds like you were serving two purposes by being guest here and i'm just joking you on the guest part so um So one thing you're doing is that you're using this public platform, C-Click Fix, that is not technically a government platform, to more efficiently run government internally, right? So you're, you're, you're saying that if you take a picture of the area, if you're like a citizen reporter as you're going around town, you can immediately have the internal process started and the right person getting, getting the information and get work started without, you're cutting through some bureaucratic layers there, it sounds like. Oh yeah, we're certainly improving our our efficiencies and our response time, which is pretty obvious if if you, if you look at uh, some of the track record here, especially for the forestry department. Because uh, in the summer we hire uh, a couple of uh, temporary workers to work with our city forester and and regular staff, and their job is to to go around and and get stuff trimmed up and take care of things. So. Uh, what happened here, you know, is, is I, I took a picture of this, uh, sent in the request. It got routed straight to the city forester's handheld, you know, his, his phone, or he was sitting at his computer. And he just picked up the radio, uh, called his guys and said, hey, before you come in, swing by here if you have time. They go over, take care of it, pop a picture in there that it's done, and, and we're closed out. That's the second so part I want to ask you, because in the past, not only would you be t- doing a longer bureaucratic internal process, but it'd be internal. You're, you're showing, you're broadcasting this. The public is watching what the director of public works is doing when he stops, what he found out, how he's dealing with it, who's getting the information, when it's going to be completed. It's very interesting to me that at the local level, where we're tuning people into how government is running on even just the tree trimming. Sure, do you feel, do you feel sure. any pressure in that? Do you kind of feel like, uh-oh, the pressure's on because now I've put the picture up, put my name up there, we show we're working out, we better get that result? You know, um, one of the things we, we're very attuned to here in Carbondale is transparency. And we run a very uh, open shop uh, here in the city, which it, which is 
not the norm in our area. Uh, but wait, wait! I thought Illinois know, was the place where you can't go into public service unless you're a choir boy who's sworn off any kind of corruption or anything for your entire life. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you that know, was we, my impression of Illinois politics and government from reading national media. Yeah, Illinois is a interesting. Uh, got an interesting. <laughs> well, our state is called corrupt kids, so we have our own cases too. Yeah, yeah but I don't so, think we've ever yeah. elected anyone from a jail cell. You guys got that one over. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a couple of those guys in jail, but I don't know any of them. So. And how far are you from Cicero, by the way, Carbondale? Uh, Carbondale is in the southern tip of Illinois, so we are 60 miles from Kentucky. Oh. We're three hours from Springfield and oh. five and a half to six hours from Chicago. So I do hear the southern in your accent, and I know that Illinois, is it accurate to say you're kind of two states that way? Are you partly a Midwestern state and partly an almost southern state, or is that not accurate? Um. Culturally. Essentially, everything south of I-80 is a different state as far as uh, the politicians and uh, Chicago is concerned. We're, we kind of operate in two states, so to speak. And are, are you, <laughs> did you grow up there? I I was born and raised here in Carbondale. Oh, you are? So oh, wow. Went you off did. to school and came back here after school. And uh, What brought you back? Um, the area is just a beautiful part of the country. You know, southern Illinois, uh, the Shawnee National Forest, southeast Missouri, Western Kentucky, you know, this is just an area of the country that's that's a true hidden gem. There is so much outdoor activity here and so many beautiful things to see in our um, vast, expansive um, state parks and national forest lands and, and national wildlife preserves here. It's it's just a really unique part of the country that, that a lot of people don't even know exists. How many and, people uh, live in your town? Uh, Carbondale's got a population right now of about 26,000, mm-hmm. and uh, we're home to Southern Illinois University, home of the Salukis, uh-huh. uh, and they're a university of about 17,000 right now. So that's on top of the of the other population. Yeah. yeah. So you got you got close to 40, you got over 40,000 people to deal with. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, on a daily basis, you know, uh, when the students are here, you know, we, we fluctuate to that forty to 50,000 mark during the day when everybody's in town. And how did that's it come? you... So the, they brought you home. Carbondale brought you home after college. What got you into being a public works director? How did that happen? Well, I um, uh, always enjoyed uh, being outside, working with my hands, solving problems. So, you know, I went off to school. I'm a Missouri uh, S&T alumni over in Rolla, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked, uh, actually started my career for the city of Carbondale as a summer intern uh, back in the early 90s. And uh, enjoyed that work, learned a lot about civil engineering and and about public um, service with all its trials and tribulations. And after I graduated, I was able to obtain an entry-level engineer job with the city of Carbondale. I spent about three years doing that, and then I went into private practice consulting in the local consulting engineering firm and was their director of civil engineering for 10 years. Okay. And now uh, I left there uh, almost 10 years ago, 10 years ago, uh, a month from tomorrow, and came back to the city uh, in uh, middle management and public works and have worked my way up to public works director, which I've been sitting in this position for just over five years now. All right. And, uh, and this is kind of a long-term life goal I had way back when and took one of those convoluted paths to get here, but I gained all the experience I needed to to uh, uh, 
be successful and, and manage our team of 90 employees and, well, and make sure we're doing the best we can for the citizens of Carbondale. 90 employees in a public works department for 26,000 residents. That's, that sounds like a pretty big crew. Is it, uh, it is, is. Is it a wealthy we're, we're town? Over, pardon? Is it a wealthy town? Um, no, actually, <laughs> if, if you would look up our statistics uh, online, Carbondale proper is a low to moderate income community. So how do you get the money for 90 employees in your in your public works department? Well, uh sales tax. Oh, okay. <laughs> you have a <laughs> and some of the tax. stuff they put in last night. We we the city of Carbondale, uh the public works department is the largest department. Uh we have 90 employees. The police department is second. They have about 80 uh 82 employees. And then the city total has about 240. So you can tell we, we've got wow. a pretty large You put such uh, an, that's such a emphasis on public works. Yeah. And we're, we're very unique here, becoming more and more unique as the years go on. Uh, because our public works department, we still do everything in-house. We own our own water and sewer treatment plants. We oh. own our own lake, which is our public water supply. We do the refuse and recycling collection in-house. Uh, we do all of our street maintenance, traffic signals, signs. We own and operate two public cemeteries. Uh, we have a full forestry department. Uh, we're a, a Tree City USA community for over 35 years now. We are only Well, you're one right. You're really going the, against a trend there of outsourcing. How come you guys don't go for the sort of the non-union, cheapy outsourcing strategy for keeping taxes down? Well, um, we run a pretty um, efficient uh, business here, you know, as the public works department. I have two unions. Illinois is obviously a, a very strong union state. Even in that southern nation of southern U Illinois. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a prevailing wage state as well. So, you know, it really, um, the, the unions really don't... Um, Add to add to any cost per se on our level because you have to pay those wages no matter what you're doing. If we were to contract it out, um, oftentimes I would be paying a little bit higher wages than what I'm paying internally because our internal employees have a, a system of benefits that's a little bit different and their pay structure is not as high as it would be out of the you know if I had to hire a contractor to come in. That's so the pay rates are a they get higher, the cut. So. And, you're, and you have control of the product. So, Caroline Smith, what else, as a result, is, is uh, Mr. Henry dealing with, according to citizens who post on C-Click Fix Carbondale? So we have a public property maintenance issue, also archived at 201 uh, Emerald Lane. Uh, the reporter was anonymous, viewed 35 times. Description, I think this fire hydrant is still leaking at 211 Emerald Drive. I've been walking this morning, and this is the only street with water in the gutter. And the picture features a beautiful red hydrant with it looks like some water. Looks like photography is a pretty booming citizen uh, activity <laughs> in, in Carbondale from the public works director on down. Absolutely. And um, let's see. The director of public works hops on uh, and assigns it to the MES manager. The MES manager closes out and says, hydrant was being flushed and has been closed. Um, and then the looks like uh, user Henry pops on and says, thank you for rechecking the fire hydrant. It does not appear to be leaking anymore. What, what's MES, Mr. Henry? Uh, MES is Maintenance and Environmental Services. So that's our, our group that is over uh, all of the street maintenance, forestry, cemeteries, refuse and recycling collection, and our equipment maintenance. So he's one of my, that's one of my middle manager employees. 
And so oh, was this a problem where someone just didn't understand that it was going to go away because you were flushing it out, or was there something to be fixed at this hydrant? No, this, this is a, um, a good situation, a good, good illustration of how we can communicate to the public that there's really not a problem, but, hey, thanks for bringing it to our attention, you know, so we can double-check stuff. What, what had happened here is that fire hydrant was replaced, and uh, by law we flushed the hydrants, you know, for a day just to make sure that we don't have any kind of bacteriological problems and the water is safe. So we let that flush while we, we send the, the test to our own uh, internal laboratory to verify that there's no contaminants in the water and the hydrant before we close it off and expose it all to the water system. Do you have any problems with hydrants in the summer when the weather gets warm? Um, no, no, we, we usually don't. Mm, that's another way you kind of go against the trend. Well, I think well, if you don't mind holding out a few minutes, we were going to tell you some news from New Haven. Uh, sure. Problems we haven't seen how they sound in Carbondale. They sound similar, different, and how you deal with them. Nadine Herring, do you have any news from us from, from C Click Fix Grassroots News in New Haven? I do. And this one I'm very happy to, to say on air. This is a shout out to Parks and Rec Department. This issue was closed and it was reported on June 6th. And this is a further example of how C Click Fix is not just a platform to report issues, but also to talk about the good things that are happening in our city and our neighborhood. So this was reported by Carmen Muniz as a guest post. And she says, I know that this site is used to report problems, but I'm doing just the opposite. I want to thank Mr. Gary Dickinson for allowing new reach to help clean Trowbridge park. The cleanup occurred today and we had the pleasure of working with Paul and Keith. We helped them to eliminate weeds raked and picked up litter. New Reach staff is appreciative for the opportunity, and we look forward to contributing more to the Hill. Um, uh, and this is from uh, Carmen Muniz, the shelter manager for New Reach. And New Reach is a homeless shelter in our town, um, Mr. Henry. And sure. Trowbridge Park is a beautiful historic park in a lower-income neighborhood. It was actually a, a replica built in the 1800s of our Central Green in another part of town by an abolitionist who wanted to make a model integrated community in the Civil War era. But anyway... I'm sorry, Nick. Sure. No, that's more. okay. So, so an LCI um, Hill North South verified official came on and said, "Thank you. I saw the crew earlier today cleaning up the park." And then we had um, a C-Click Fix admin, which is BB. You can guess who that is. Um, <laughs> love this. I proposed an app at National Day of Civic Hacking that enabled folks to do just this. And then Becky Bombero, who's the Parks and uh, Rec director, said, "Thank you." As we try to create a culture of cleanliness here in the city. It's neighbors and friends like the team at New Reach that makes our jobs easier and more enjoyable. And then Carmen Muniz came back on and said, and I love this, it's all about community. We enjoyed every minute of it. So keeping it clean is also making it fun. Yes. Any thoughts from Mr. Henry? I guess we were over that uh, earlier in the show, Mr. Henry, about you still, even with your 90-member department, you need the help of citizens to keep the city clean. Oh, absolutely. You know, we depend on citizens uh, to, to help us out and let us know what's going wrong and that's, uh, or, or what needs attention, which is uh, another beauty of C-Click Fix. There's a lot more eyes and ears on the ground for us. Do people throw trash out the window of their cars in Carbondale? Unfortunately, they do. And yeah, we have that problem, uh, One of my big pet peeves. <laughs> what are you doing about it? Um, well, I wish I could write tickets for it because it drives me nuts. But uh, essentially what we do is um, 
You know, we have Keep Carbondale Beautiful, which does litter pickups. Uh, we have a street cleaning program, and, and we have many people, you know, my employees, if they're driving down the street and see a mess, they'll stop and pick it up. Why do you think people do throw out the stuff out the window? Do you ever ask someone? I always wonder, I always mean to ask someone going by, why'd you just do that? You know, I, I wish I knew, and I, and I think it's... Uh, I think it's maybe mommy and daddy never told them that was wrong. You know, uh, all right. Well, <laughs> we need to take care of our fellow man, and some people just don't seem to care about that. You know, it's it's quite unfortunate. But. Caroline, before we go, do we have any other New Haven news you want to throw in? Sure, one last one. This one's a little bit tricky. Um, it's called Dirt Path, where there should be a sidewalk. Yeah, that was an interesting one. Yeah, and it's been uh, acknowledged by the city. It's at uh, six nineteen Sherman Parkway. Uh, viewed 73 times reporter Adam Rawlings, who's awesome. He's part of Neighborhood Housing Services. He's the best. Um, but as part of the description, uh, this area of Sherman Parkway is used frequently by people in wheelchairs. And sidewalks exist on adjacent blocks, but between uh, West Division Street and Harding Place, there's only a dirt path where there should be a sidewalk. And featured in the picture is an individual who's actually on a motor scooter. Um uh, trying to get down the dirt. And path. it's actually an elderly housing complex, senior mm -hmm. complex right there, the mm -hmm. Constant Baker Motley right nearby. Mm -hmm. So what, what happened, Caroline? So um, another another individual hops on Dorothea Polk and um, also includes a picture of someone trying to get down the path on a wheelchair and says, not just for the lady in the picture, but many other people who use scooters and or wheelchairs have issues with the lack of sidewalks in this area. The Department of Public Works in New Haven hops on and says, we will receive requests. We will inspect this location and address this matter as soon as possible. They hop on a couple days later, later and say, request for sidewalk requires aldermanic approval. Location has been forwarded to resource allocation committee. What that means is going to be at least a year probably because, I mean, they already did their 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 decisions for this year, right? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's mm -hmm. kind of interesting. Uh, Mr. Henry, any do you have sidewalks in Carbondale? Oh, yeah, plenty of sidewalks. Do you have these gaps? It sounds like a, a mouth that's missing a tooth. Do you have a, a gap like that in Carbondale? Yeah, we, we have some. Um, we actually, our planning department has mapped all of the gaps we have in town. Oh, that's and we interesting. We have a, oh. an annual sidewalk program where we try to address some of these infill gaps as well as uh, we, we repair the trips and stumpers and, and, and upgrade curb ramps for accessibility. We, we The city has a long history of accessible uh, upgrades and uh, we dedicate about a hundred thousand dollars a year to that over the last 30 years i'd say they've been doing that and it sounds so, like uh, you actually can keep getting money there and even raise taxes god forbid without having torch mobs coming in the middle of the night and burn down your house you know we've done a good job of allocating our resources over the years you know and we have we have cut quite a few positions in the city um uh, where we're able to through efficiencies and newer software and stuff but, you know, where the rubber meets the road, you still got to have people to get stuff done. So, Well, thanks for helping us get it done on Dateline New Haven C-ClickFix Radio today, Mr. Henry. And thanks, oh, everyone. you're very for, welcome. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on C-ClickFix Radio. Thanks to Caroline Smith, Nadine Herring, and Margaret Lee from C-ClickFix, and Sean E. Henry, a, a native son of Carbondale, Illinois, who returned after college and now has a 90-member public works department for a small, <laughs> a nice 26,000 community that's still blowing my mind i gotta tell you and keeping things clean and in order thanks to yale new haven hospital for providing financial support for today's program we're going to take it out with the afro-semitic experience performing eliyahu V from the group's 2002 cd this is the afro-semitic experience and this is paul bass wishing you a day of green pasture share it with us here at wnhh new haven's home for community radio 
for more local talk and music. Oh, 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 oh